Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include houses in flood zones, my interview with Robert Heck, VP of Mortgage at Morty, on current conditions in the housing space, and Americans saying there has never been a worse time to buy a home. Thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, MCT, and its hedge advisory division. Whether you are making the move to mandatory executions, seeking improvements to your mortgage pipeline management process, or considering a change in your hedge advisor, MCT's hedge advisory blends technology and service to achieve your goals. As the industry leader in pull-through analytics and best execution with the highest staff-to-client ratio, lenders of every size trust MCT to manage risk and optimize profitability in their mortgage pipeline. America's national debt topped $30 trillion for the first time, according to figures from the Treasury Department on Tuesday. Why might it matter for mortgage rates? When one combines a record amount of red ink, an aging population, elevated healthcare costs, and a tax system that doesn't bring in enough revenue to cover spending, and a government that has become known for kicking fiscal cans down the road, well, you can see why there are worries about the long-term economic health of the country. Ignore your own peril. Something else plenty of people ignore is climate change natural or man-made, until it impacts their business model and profits. Mortgage analytics firm RiskSpan has collaborated with Veris to create a first-of-its-kind solution for measuring and mitigating the risks of climate change to the housing finance industry. Dismiss the impact of climate if you like, but when leading insurance, reinsurance, corporate and government entities, and investors in mortgage-backed securities are pricing it into their demand for assets, well, it impacts borrowers. The risk to the housing finance industry from extreme events is significant, According to Barisk, 62 million residential locations are at moderate to extreme risk of flooding alone. For the link to that story, as well as the latest broker and lender services and products, and trainings and events, visit robchrisman.com. Jobs and housing drive the U.S. economy, and last week's news kept influencing interest rates yesterday. The main economic headline over the last week was certainly the BLS Employment Situation Report, which showed 467,000 jobs added during January, despite the surge in Omicron cases. The unemployment rate rose slightly, but is still below 4% as the size of the labor force increased by nearly 1.4 million workers. Total employment is now roughly 2.9 million below pre-pandemic levels, and possibly near the point the Fed would consider, quote, maximum employment, end quote. Additionally, Average hourly earnings were up 0.7%, and there were 1.73 job openings per job seeker in January. A good sign for employers was that despite rising costs, productivity rose at a 6.6% annualized rate in the fourth quarter, which kept unit labor costs at a low 0.3% annualized rate. Meanwhile, residential spending increased 14.7% year-over-year in December, as demand remained strong despite higher mortgage rates and new home prices. With all that in the news, I wanted to bring on a guest to discuss current conditions in the housing market. Robert Heck is VP of Mortgage at Morty, the digital mortgage marketplace. Robert leads Morty's origination team, which combines technology with mortgage expertise to serve buyers as they navigate the mortgage and home buying process. Since joining Morty in the early days of the company in 2016, he has helped scale the team to serve thousands of home buyers and process nearly $1 billion in loans. Prior to Morty, Robert worked as a mortgage backed securities trader at Morgan Stanley. Cool. Well, it'll be a uh, a Robert and Robert show today then. <laughs> I like it. After looking at your background, and obviously I'm like familiar with your, with, with your father, um, there are a lot of 
weird overlaps with with just like me in general. Um, I'm actually I'm originally from Truckee, California. So I spent a lot of time in Reno growing up. Um, went to Berkeley. Also have my, my dad's name is Robert. But yeah, and they say we're we're not living in a simulation. But so. yeah, exactly. So Robert, how are you preparing your team for multiple expected rate hikes from the Fed this year and the resulting impact on mortgage rates in the housing market? There, there's a lot to do in, in prepping for um, this kind of rate volatility. I think everyone obviously is expecting interest rate increases as well as Fed tapering. That is probably the the, the biggest thing that the, the team as well as like Morty and our marketplace are going to be focused on um, being able to uh, account for while working with consumers. That being said, I think like it's important to note that I think we're, we're going into just like a heightened period of volatility. And so I think there's going to be uh, a lot of instances where we're working with consumers where rates actually improve in, in the short term. Um, and so I think Morty as a marketplace, um, we very much think of all of our uh, digital products and tools that we, we, we leverage to help bring a more transparent, like single touch point to, to consumers um, alongside our, our team of experts. And so I think like as we head into the year and we'll be monitoring um, economic releases as well as just like Fed speak very closely, we're, we're going to be very, very focused on just making sure that our consumers on our platform have everything they need to also navigate that that interest rate volatility, whether that's general ongoing increases or uh, an instance where maybe they, they went or started the, the home buying process and ended up finding themselves in a situation where they they locked in or started the process with a with a high rate and, and they end up having the opportunity to get a better deal just because of like interim fluctuations. So I think it's multi-prong attack from our side of things, right? Um, I think it's it's really important for the the loan officers and, and the, the experts on our team who are helping consumers navigate these things to also be equipped um, to, to handle this. And so that that just relies upon a lot of commentary, um, us as a team and organization kind of like tracking all of these things, looking back at previous periods of rate volatility as well as increasing rates. Um, I think we, we saw this back in 2018, 2019. So there is um, somewhat of a, a recent playbook to kind of know how to help navigate the ongoing uh, increase in rates. And then I think like, since we are a marketplace, right? Um, it, it's incredibly important for us to also realize that there are a lot of different products, programs, lenders out there, and some of them do better in these situations or in, in, in this macro environment than others. And so we're, we're also very focused on making sure that we're bringing the right products, programs, lenders, um, maybe even like prop tech and fintech uh, partnerships into the, the mortgage marketplace so that consumers have all the tools that they would actually need to make sure that they're they're getting the best deal, um, regardless of kind of what's going on uh, from a, a broader macro level. Like I think it's it's incredibly important for consumers to remember how big of a, a, a transaction buying the home is that the mortgage is one piece of that overall sort of like financial decision. And I, I do think that like we we try to make sure that people aren't being or like becoming overly distracted by some of these like short term Fed fluctuations and other things while also trying to go through the the entire overall process. That's an excellent point that even if the general pressure on rates is to send them upward, there's still going to be fluctuations and they can dip at certain times, which for your origination staff, it's good to remind the borrowers to lock in in periods like that. 
other Fed policy changes? Do you want me to ask you about that? Or did you have more to yeah. say on what the Fed was doing? Happy to touch on the Fed. Yeah. So uh, as, as I think you know, like my, my background prior to Morty was at uh, Morgan Stanley trading agency spec pools. So I think like with or because of my, my background sort of started on the secondary market, um, actually the first time around when the Fed started tapering, um, I, I've been monitoring policy in general over the past eight years pretty closely. Um, I would say that like for the most part, I think like we're, we're obviously in sort of a unique situation where inflation, supply chain shortages, um, other macro um, or economic data points that haven't necessarily been prevalent for a very long time are now sort of top of mind for the Fed. Um, and so I think we're, we're definitely, I'm personally watching it closely because it is, it is a bit of a, 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 a tricky indicator for them to be driving policy. So it isn't like the last time around where it was primarily just like based upon unemployment. We we were supposed to raise when we were supposed to raise. Um, I think even even then in 2018, 2019, we did see a little bit of a, a liquidity crunch across the industry within mortgage as well as outside of mortgage. Um, and so I think like they're they're operating knowing that that is a risk, but they're also being forced to move more quickly than I think they're, they're used to doing because of the uh, rampant inflation that that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. In terms of just like recent Fed policy, I think it's like it's been top of mind for everyone given the first first month of the year. Um, I think from from my perspective, we were we were sort of anticipating like this move to happen a bit more gradually, and so I think like it's just a very good example of how uh, volatile rate moves can actually get when we're talking about tapering, we're talking about winding down the balance sheet, we're talking about like multiple rate hikes over the the span of the year. And so I think like one thing that that really jumped out to us or one thing that was new that I thought was interesting to call out, um, I think I may have seen it, uh, it, it's been popping up here and there, but I think that the Fed went out of their way to mention that they are looking to remove mortgage-backed securities from their ongoing holdings, which is the first time that we've seen seen like other credit assets get called out um, in relation to treasuries in a very, very long time. And so I do think that that is something that we're going to be watching closely, right? Because not only are we potentially looking at rates going up across the board, um, we're, we're also potentially looking at just like credit assets, riskier credit assets widening and underperforming relative to treasuries. Um, and that flows through or directly impacts mortgage rates that are being shown to customers. Definitely. So you mentioned rampant inflation. We're also um, I, guess, I guess I could say we're approaching full employment based on recent job numbers. So the Fed certainly has a lot to grapple with here. Another thing borrowers should be aware of are the increased conforming loan limits for 2022. Do you feel like the average Joe and Susie borrower know about these type of things? Or is it on your origination team to reach out to cold leads? How are you communicating with sales staff about this? Conforming loan limits, I think, is like a really good example of just sort of the the lack of general advisory and education that is being brought into the, the, the transaction or into the, the buying a home, getting a mortgage. Similar to what I was touching on earlier, right? Like our, our loan officers, the origination team, they're all um, being trained and they're all sort of aware of some of the, these major areas where we have the opportunity to really like teach and educate and advocate for the consumer. Um, I think we, we also try to embed this stuff into our tech and into our, our product and platform. Um, one area of this that, that we've seen a lot of success, um, kind of going back to your original question about like, 
do people actually know these things um, coming into the process? I, I think like it really does depend. It depends on how much upfront research people have been doing themselves. Um, I think we we oftentimes see people who have had conversations with um, us or like have done like online research ahead of time. They're starting to incrementally know these types of details going into the process a bit more than I would say uh, they did five years ago when I first started uh, on the the primary origination side. Um, but definitely not even remotely close to it being uh, sort of as um, accessible and adopted across the board, um, because I still think there's just a big gap between the consumer really like understanding everything that goes into this decision, uh, understanding how to like structure up a deal and figure out what, what transaction is, is best for them. Um, while also kind of navigating all the pressures that are outside of just like picking your mortgage, right? Like actually getting the home, going through the, the, the offer and the counter offer phase. Like we, we know how competitive markets have been recently. So adding in bidding wars or just the anxiety of having to move quickly, I think really takes away from some of this. So, so jumping back, yeah, I think like we've, we've, we've seen a lot of success um, through being able to, I guess, not necessarily drop somebody into just like a, a, our marketplace without any um, guidance, but there are opportunities around like conforming loan limits um, or even just like the amount down that you're, you're potentially considering um, bringing to the transaction and allowing for them as the user to kind of toggle in real time how these changes to down payment um, to like the home type that they're looking to purchase and, and how that actually impacts interest rates as well as the mortgage insurance that's being um, tied to those transactions. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that the average Joe and Susie borrower have have enough background in, in sort of the um, the ability to change and have alternative options going into to the like shopping process that it's fairly intuitive for people to pick up once they get onto the site, once they start using the product, but also once they, some people just like want to talk to consumers or they want to talk to like my team rather than just like going through the, the self-service platform. And so I think we, we, we try to think of both outlets as a way to just like enhance the, the user experience and really like train them up. Fortunately for prospective borrowers out there that are listening, if you work with a good loan officer, they should take a lot of the anxiety out of the process and present the options to you and and make you feel like you're really in the know about what's going on. One other thing I wanted to ask you about was forbearance. It it used to be much more of a hot topic than it is now, but it's still out there. If we see the end of federal and state forbearance programs, what's going to be the effect of that? As a wholesale broker, right? Like we're we're not as um in touch with the the servicing component tied to, to forbearance and like modification plans i think we we work with our our customers quite often to help them sort of navigate the the servicing portion of, of having a mortgage just in the sense that if they need answers to these questions if they're thinking about like looking at recasting or are in forbearance and like need to get answers we, we can help provide access to that information um in terms of just looking at the overall numbers uh, of outstanding forbearance plans relative to just historical delinquencies. I I don't think that there's a big enough ongoing um, pocket of forbearance in the industry that is really going to like cause any uh, like major, major shocks. That being said, I think like if 
we do end up seeing like a, a an abrupt liquidity or credit crunch. Um, the the total number of outstanding like mortgages and forbearance are are, are going to be something that that the industry needs to deal with quickly. Um, I think that from my perspective, the the playbooks that came out of two thousand eight, as well as just some of the the focus that has been on this over over the past decade, I think has put us in a much better position than we may have been ten years ago. The FHFA current administration is also making it very clear that as well as like CFPB, they're making it very clear that working and making sure you're, you're acting in the best interest of the borrower and helping them get out of forbearance, um, I think is also going to be something that, that, that makes sure that this kind of like exits smoothly, as long as, again, there aren't any sort of just like abrupt shocks that, that, that change things up or, or, or cause, uh, I guess, just like a resource crunch on the servicing side. That being said, though, right, like I servicing is not necessarily my my uh, expertise. And I, I saw that you you were actually at, at the money source for a while. So I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about this as well. Now, I think that the the Biden administration is very in tune with uh, looking out for homeowners interests and promoting housing equality and and those sorts of things. Uh, so, so I, I don't think there's going to be, well, sorry, I guess I should say we've seen already with the new FHFA director that they're already trying to give more lead time on any changes. Yep. And so, and so I think that's very welcome both for those that own homes and for mortgage companies being able to, uh, implement pricing changes over a, a longer period of time. And, and also, uh, by making pricing adjustments rather than putting caps on things like second homes. It, it brings more private money into the mortgage space, which yep. which is great. I want to close by talking about regulations, more government stuff. Anything sure. else you see on the horizon uh, from FHA or FHFA at, at the federal level or, or maybe the state level? I think to your point, right, the the, the administration and just I, I think as as a whole, we we are trying to take a proactive stance on, on bringing in additional changes um, to, I guess, just like the, if it, I'm thinking mostly within the, the agency and government space right now, right? Um, they're, they're proactively looking to maintain or really focus on affordability, right? Um, accessibility for um, underserved segments of the market. Um, and then also, I think that they're, they're, equally trying to make sure that like the, the GSEs and, and government agencies are kind of like tracking their mandate, which is um, exactly that, right? Like they are doing a good job, in my opinion, of, of releasing policy that allows for, for them to keep their risk kind of like relatively stable, um, as well as like shift around where investors where capital is being brought into the market um, on both the investor side as well as the consumer side. Um, so I, I think like generally speaking, I'd expect to see more of what we've seen this year around like the the recent LLPA changes. Um, I think the fact that investment properties were left out of that announcement um, makes me think that there is likely going to be something tied to investment homes that will be getting released or announced sooner rather than later. I'd, I'd be surprised to see uh, the second homes and investment homes being treated the same from a just like risk perspective. And, and so I think we'll see that. I think the, the recent back and forth and, and emphasis around um, the GSEs just 
basically they're like their duty to serve reports and like basically making them as thorough as possible. I think that should translate into some some policy changes and announcements later in the year, primarily around like I would expect it to be in manufactured homes, to be completely honest. But I think anytime with policy, right? Like your your guess is as, as good as mine to, to a certain extent. But I do think anything that's going to continue to promote just like accessibility, maybe reduce some of the inventory shock that we've seen over the past 12 months, um, as well as like help on the supply side for affordable housing. Um, that, that's where I, I'd expect them to be focused. You, you touched on this a bit. I, I also I was checking out some of the, the previous podcasts and heard the, the non-QM piece, which, which I, I appreciated and liked. I, I do think that um, there's an opportunity right now for, for the, the private market, private label securitization to really continue to, to grow and build off of the momentum that we, we saw from last year with the, the PSPA limits um, and now the, the adjustments. And so I think like we're really hoping to see the, the private market kind of like rise in tandem with some of this additional um, like housing regulation that's going to be getting rolled out so that we don't see like a liquidity shock to the actual consumer while waiting for these things to change. I think that's an excellent point. And for people out there, myself included, I really hope the supply side of things gets figured out either with more homes coming on the market or builders picking up the pace of, of housing starts and building permits. All this is great information. I want to thank you a lot for coming on and talking to me. I, I think this is uh, really valuable for our listeners. Yeah, no, happy happy to jump on and, and talk mortgage anytime. Uh, we like we're at very, a very exciting point of the cycle. And I, I think there's a lot of like opportunity and really the, the goal for, for us and Morty, I think this stands for, for the, the bulk of the industry is like, how do we continue to drive this forward in, in the best interest of the consumer? Anytime we can be helpful in that, more than happy to, to carve that out. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Looking forward to having you back on the show. There isn't much to report from yesterday in the bond market, except to say it was a snoozer. Lower rates led spreads tighter versus treasuries amid light volumes as the MBS market digested agency prepayments from late Friday. Some slowed more, some less than forecasts. <laughs> the elephant in the room is the prospect of the steepest monetary tightening cycle since the 1990s, with markets pricing in more than five quarter point Federal Reserve interest rate hikes by the end of the year in the wake of last week's strong U.S. jobs report. That also comes as Americans say there's never been a worse time to buy a home with only 25% thinking it's a good time in a monthly Fannie Mae survey, due to surging housing prices, concerns about job stability, and rising mortgage rates. Today's calendar of events is already underway with the NFIB Small Business Activity Index for January, down 1.8 to 97.1, and the December trade deficit, in at $80.7 billion. Later today brings Redbook same-store sales, the fourth quarter housing debt and credit report, from the New York Fed, and a Treasury auction of $50 billion three-year notes in the first leg of this week's quarterly refunding. The New York Fed desk will purchase up to $3.4 billion in conventional MBS and up to $1.8 billion 22.5 to 30-year coupons. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse a quarter, and the 10-year yielding 1.95% after closing Monday yielding 1.92, the highest level since the summer of 2019. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A woman's poem. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray for a man who's not a creep. One who's handsome, smart and strong. One who loves to listen long. One who thinks before he speaks. One who will call, not wait for weeks. I pray he's rich and self-employed. And when I spend, won't be annoyed. Pull out my chair and hold my hand. Massage my feet and help me stand.
Oh, send a king to make me queen, a man who loves to cook and clean. I pray this man will love no other and relish visits with my mother. Well, here's a man's poem. I pray for a deaf-mute gymnast sex addict with a big chest who owns a bar on a golf course and loves to send me fishing, golfing, and drinking. This doesn't rhyme, and I don't give a damn. Thanks again to MCT and its Hedge Advisory Division, pairing industry-leading experience with award-winning technology to assist you in locking, coverage, best execution, and reporting. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.